morning, Oakwood. We are in week number three of our series, Dangerous Prayers. And today we're going to be talking about praying for ourselves and, and praying for others. There's so much about prayer in this aspect of prayer and the subject of prayer that I really had a hard time condensing three hours worth of message into only two hours this morning. But I'm going to do my very best, okay, to get you out of here by, well, we've got another service, so I'll do my best. I was uh, doing a lot of thinking about prayer this week, and I came up with uh, actually a lot of thoughts about prayer, and I'm going to share with you some of those thoughts on prayer. But I also, before we really get started, I want to share with you my pet peeves concerning prayer, okay? So are you ready? These are my personal pet peeves, okay? All of us have probably been in a Bible study or a Sunday school class, maybe some type of group, and there's always that person that asks for a prayer, but it's always, I have an unspoken prayer, okay? I have an unspoken prayer. Um, I just need you to pray, okay? It's an unspoken prayer request. Now, I'm not saying that that doesn't happen because sometimes in details of life we can't share with everything with people what's going on or specifics, but that ought to be the exception rather than the every week thing. There's no other aspect in our life where you could do that with where you could just say, I have an unspoken situation. You try that with your doctor. Make an appointment. Well, what's the problem? Well, I'd rather, I can't say. It's, it's unspoken. Just take care of me, okay? Or you go see your auto mechanic. Hey, I need to get my car in for service. Well, what's the matter with your car? Well, I just need some attention, okay? Well, is there anything wrong with it, making a noise? I, well, it's unspoken. I just need to keep it to myself. Or try talking to a friend. Hey, I really need a favor. I need something from you today. What do you need? Well, I can't, I can't tell you anything specific, but I need you to, to help me out. So you'll figure it out, right? Now, I, like I said, I understand there are times when we can't share all the details in those specific situations. But make that the, the very exception rather than the rule, because I believe in specific prayer requests. The second kind of pet peeve I have is that people post on, on Facebook, you know, need lots of prayers today. No questions, just prayer. And so in the comments, we get praying, 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 praying. The hands, you know, sometimes two or three together, praying, praying, praying. And I wonder if any of those people truly stop and pray. Another one of my pet peeves is when we say you're praying for somebody and you don't. Somebody's going through a situation. Maybe they're sick or maybe they're hurting. Maybe they're, well, hey, we're praying for you, okay? And then you never take that request to the throne of the Lord. Don't you tell somebody you're going to pray for them and then you don't, don't do it. Don't follow through. Someone stops you in a grocery store and said, hey, would you pray for me? Stop right there, maybe you're in the aisle, and say, let's pray about that right now. But don't tell somebody, you're going to pray for them, and then don't do it. 
Sometimes, uh, this is kind of another pet peeve, is when we ask for prayer, maybe somebody brings up a prayer request, and they ask us to pray about that situation, and then you ask them, well, how are you specifically praying? What are you, well, I, I haven't prayed yet, but I'm, I'm asking everybody else to pray. Okay, I'm going to join with you in prayer, but if you want me to take your request to the throne of the Lord, I want to join with you in prayer. I don't want to do it rather than you do it. I want to do it together because there is a, there is a power in group prayers. What I found out, though, in my, my thoughts and study this week is that most of us don't pray near enough. I've never heard anybody say, you know, boy, I just, I've got to get my priorities in line. I'm just spending way too much time in prayer. I've got, I've got to cut back on my prayer time. In fact, Martin Luther, he said that he had so many duties, so much pressure on him today, he said, I will spend the first three hours of this day in prayer. Do you understand that? He was so busy and had so many demands on his time that he said, I can't do it all, so I've got to spend the first three hours in prayer. You see, prayer is our primary communication with God. I know we have the Bible to read. I want to encourage you to do that. But prayer is our primary communication with God. And I have never known a weak Christian that had a strong prayer life. And then I've never known a very strong Christian that didn't have a very strong prayer life. But prayer is our primary communication with God, and we have this open line to communicate with Him anytime we want. Now I want you to think about this, okay? Let's say every one of us begin to talk in this auditorium at once today. I couldn't understand any of you. It would all be just background noise. But think about this. If every one of us prayed at exactly the same time in this room to God, he's going to hear every single one of us. And he's going to treat your request like you're the only one praying. And, then, and let's expand that. Let's say everybody in Enid decided they would pray all at once. Just at the same time, God's going to hear all of those prayer requests. Let's say everybody in the United States decided they want to, at the same time, pray to the Lord all over this country, everybody is going to have direct communication with God. He's going to hear, he's going to understand, and it's not going to be just background noise. Let's expand it a little more. Let's say everybody in the world decided to pray all at once. God's going to hear your prayer, and he's going to treat you like you're the only one praying, like you're the most important person in the universe. Most of us, when a lot of people start talking at once, we're like, whoa, 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 slow down. I can only take one situation. I can only listen to one person at a time. Let me take care of that one, then I'll move on to you. That is the awesomeness of God, and we don't take advantage of it near enough. You know, I love listening to kids pray. They're so pure and honest with their prayer. They pray for everyone from the mailman to their pet. They pray that their brother or sister will play nice with them. They pray that this kid at school that's being mean to them will be nice to them. 
They get to go to an amusement park. They praise it. They pray about having a good time. They are just pure and honest with their prayers. And sometimes through, uh, uh, growing up, we lose that innocence of a childlike prayer. Here at the church, when things break, we have a system called the work orders. So we fill out, something breaks, we fill out this request here and put it in Adam's box, and he fixes it. And sometimes we may have several things to do. Like, hey, these couple of things, and if you have time, would you, would you, could you check on this as well? A lot of times we treat God like our errand boy and like we're filling out a work order. And so we, we just pray, God, could you do this, 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 and this, and oh, and if it's not too much trouble, would you do this also? Thank you. Sure appreciate it. Love you, Lord. I will tell you, nothing keeps you in the presence of God like a crisis because it forces us to pray. And we have to remember that God always answers our prayers as believers, okay? As his children, we have that promise that he will not only hear our prayer, but he will answer our prayer. Now, that's a promise that we as believers we get to keep and to cherish. Unbelievers do not have that same promise. The unbeliever does not have the promise that God's going to hear and answer their prayer. The only prayer that God promises to hear and answer for an unbeliever is for the prayer of salvation and repentance. He will always hear that. God is a good God. He's a great God and a loving God, and he may choose to answer that prayer of the unbeliever but it's not promised to them. It is to us as believers, and we don't take, take advantage of that near enough. So today I want to look at praying for ourselves and praying for others. And uh, in the book of James, we get some very specific instruction on prayer, kind of the, the when, the how, the why. And the Bible teaches us that our prayers need to be very specific, not just, God, I pray you bless the, the whole wide world I pray you heal every sick person in the whole world. You know, those, those are, are, are pretty general prayers, but I think that when, when we get deep into our prayer life, our prayers become very specific, like the Lord asks us to. So open up your Bibles to James chapter 5, and uh, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version today. And those of you at home, it's, it's also on the Bible app if you want to pull that up. But let's begin verse 13. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make that sick person well, the Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. I love this part here. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being. Even as we are, he prayed earnestly that it would not rain, and it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crops. My brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone should bring this person back, 
Remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the terror of their way will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. So the question is, when can we pray for ourselves? When is it okay to pray for ourselves? Is it okay to pray for a new car? Well, I just need want a new car. Can Lord, I pray you bless me with this new car or a new house. Or maybe you're a salesman. Lord, is it okay to pray for a sale? Is it okay to pray for success? I'm an athlete. I'd sure like you to bless me today, Lord. You know, could, could you really make me successful today? You see, James gives us these principles on prayer for ourselves and others. The first principle I want to see from this passage here is prayer is a proper response for every event in life. Did you get what verse 13 said? Is anyone in trouble? What are they supposed to do? To pray. If you're in trouble, the first thing you ought to, ought to do before you announce it on Facebook is start praying. If you're happy, you've had a great day, the first thing you ought to do before you post it on Facebook is stop and pray and thank the Lord for that day. If you're sick, the Bible says, ask the elders of the church to pray over you. You see, prayer is a right response for every event in life. One of my favorite verses in all the Bibles, Philippians 4, 6, verse 7, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God your needs and don't forget to thank Him for His answers. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, keep on praying. Some versions say, Pray without ceasing, so it's continuous. Ephesians 6.18 says, pray all the time. Ask God for anything in line with the Holy Spirit's wishes. Plead with Him, reminding Him of our, your needs, and keep praying earnestly for Christians everywhere. So if you're in trouble, James says, first thing you got to do is pray. What if it was my own fault? What if I really messed up really bad? doesn't matter if it's your fault or not. Sometimes trouble comes, a lot of times it comes because it's our own fault. But James said that's the first thing you got to do is start praying. There's no frivolous prayer to God. If it's important to you, it's important to Him. This summer, Lee and I went fishing, and uh, we got her a fishing license, and she doesn't take a, like to take a lot of stuff fishing so she packed a snack bag and she put her driver's license and her fishing license somewhere and then she lost it and didn't know that till she went somewhere that needed some ID I'm like I don't have a driver's license well I, I threatened to call the the crime stoppers you know and turn her in and get the reward but she didn't think that was at all funny the license was lost for a week I said you gotta go get another license she goes, uh, I'm, I'm going to be praying about this. I know it's here somewhere. I know I, I didn't throw it out. And I'm like, well, you, be, you know, you can't drive your car, you know, till you get a license. So she, ju ju she just prayed. And about two days later, cleaning out that snack bag in a zipper pouch was her driver's license and her license, fishing license. Did God care about that? Leah cared enough to pray about it. Right after Eric got back from sabbatical, we went that next weekend, and we were fishing on, on Friday night, 
over in Lower Illinois River, and again, she had her fishing license in her back pocket, and she took out her phone to take a picture of something, and that evening, she discovered her license was gone. I'm like, okay, great. This ruins the whole fishing trip here. Now we've got to go drive somewhere, get you a new license. She goes, oh, it's not that big a deal. I said, let's go back and look along the river. Oh, we're not going to find it. I said, let's just pray about this. Lord, we need to find this license. So we went about to that area. She said, it, it, it's, a, uh, it's a brown little folder, brown folder. So I had, had the light out, and I'm looking for a brown folder. And I see this little blue folder, and I open it up, and there's a fishing license in it. And I said, would it be a blue folder? No, no, my, mine's a brown folder. I'm like, well, this blue folder, whoever lost this folder has got a fishing license with your name on it. <laughs> Did God really care that a fishing license got lost twice? It was maybe a frivolous prayer to some people, but it was something worth praying for us. Could we have gone and got a replacement? Yes. Would have rent the whole trip, but, you know, the Lord answered our prayer. We see prayer is also a group effort. You need some trusted prayer warriors, people that you can depend on when life gets tough. And that when you ask for prayer, you know without a shadow of a doubt they're going to be joined with you in prayer. That's why the Christians that aren't a part of a church, I really feel sorry for them because who do they have to depend on other than Facebook when they need serious prayer? Now, I'm going to stop right here and give you a little infomercial. This is why it's so important to be involved in a small group, a study group, a Sunday school class, a men's fellowship, a women's fellowship. Because you are a part of a group that you know that you can trust. And you can come to these brothers and sisters and say, listen, this is going on in my life and I need you to pray. And you have built up that kind of relationship with them and you trust them enough that you know that if you ask them to pray, they're going to pray. It's not going to be just somebody that gives you the emoji hands closed and say, yeah, I'm praying for you. And then they don't. They're the friends, there's the brothers and sisters that are going to pray. That's why it is so important to be involved in some type of a group. Life wasn't meant to, to be lived alone. Faye Wilson reached out to me and Eric this week by text asking for a specific prayer for Joe Wilson. Joe Wilson, if you don't know, if you're new here, he, Joe is the founding pastor of this church. Joe right now is in Rochester, Minnesota at the Mayo Clinic. He's been to MD Anderson. He spent weeks in the hospital here. He has got some type of a, a, an illness. They have not been able to diagnose him with at all. Faye Texas this morning asking for specific prayers, a diagnosis, and some type of a plan of treatment. We assured her that the church will be joining with her in prayer for Joe. In fact, this wasn't, wasn't planned, but I, wa I want us to just stop for a moment 
and, and just pray for Joe. Right there where you are, let's just pray for Joe. Lord, we're lifting up Joe. Uh, Father, he's a brother in Christ. Father, he is such an uh, important person to us here. Father, he uh, was a founding pastor of this church. But Lord, right now, he's been afflicted with some sickness, some disease, illness that has stumped every doctor, every medical uh, uh, technician. Lord, we know that you're a healer. You're the physician. You already know the problem. And we're asking for divine intervention on his part right now. So, Lord, we, we ask you to do what you specialize in. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, often when we're asked to pray for some something for ourselves, maybe we feel it's selfish. And so we hang on to that request, and we don't ask for others to pray with us because we don't want to think we're selfish. Often we're hesitant to ask for prayer because we think it makes us somehow appear weak. Sometimes we're hesitant to pray for others because honestly we just don't know what to say. James verse 16, he tells us to pray for each other and with each other and to confess our sins to each other. You get that? To confess our sins to each other. That's the hardest part about this passage of Scripture today is confessing our sins to each other. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. There are some things about Alan Seibel I don't want you to know. I want you to think I'm perfect, okay? I want you to think that I live a flawless, sinless life, and I'm 100% perfect. Those of you who know me well know that's not the case. But there's some things I don't want everyone to know. I'll bet you there's some things in your life that you really don't want other people to know about you as well. That's why we have to be as honest with each other and confess sins to each other. The more of God's power we can experience, the more answers we're going to have. And by confessing and cleansing our life of sin. You see, I believe in very specific prayers. If you want specific answers, you pray specific prayers. I want you to know, if you ever fill out a prayer request or you call the church asking for prayers, it is taken serious. We pray. Some, a lot of those requests are passed on to the elders and, and to our leadership staff, but we pray. But the more specifics you can give us, the more specific answers you can receive. We got a call for somebody that needed prayer for a, a toe. They were having surgery on a toe. So I asked Marsha, I said, which toe was it? Well, I didn't ask. I said, well, I need to know whether, you know, we're talking about the little piggy that went to market or the little piggy that went wee, wee, wee all the way home. I want to know which toe I'm praying for. Well, I didn't ask. I said, well, which foot? Was it the right or left foot? Well, I didn't ask. I had, had a little bit of fun with that, but let me tell you, we still prayed for that, that person. And the more specific we can give the more specific answers we'll receive. I've broken my big toe on my left foot. Please pray for healing. Now I know specifically what toe I'm praying for and which foot. Not that God won't know, but sometimes we just give so vague of, of things. You know, when People approach Jesus, and he asks them, what do you want? What do you need from me? 
blind Bartimaeus, what did he say? I want to see. The lame man at the pool, he wanted to walk. You see, when we want to get something specific from the Lord, you ask specifically. We also see a, a very important principle here in prayer is that we need to pray according to God's will. And Jesus taught us that principle in the Lord's Prayer, thy will be done. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and 15 says, this is the confidence we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to him, will he hears us and know that he hears us whatever we ask and we will have whatever we ask for. You see, when we pray according to God's will, it refines and defines our request. Rather than just a big general prayer, Lord, I pray you bless everybody in the whole wide world, that's a pretty general prayer request. But when we start praying according to his will, our prayer list probably is going to shrink and our prayers are going to become more specific and our answers are going to become more specific. And in fact, that's the type of faith that is powerful prayers or the prayer that is a faithful, powerful person that James talks about. And our, our prayer life will go from the, the surface level to deep, impactful, life-changing, deep prayers. And when we pray according to God's will, sometimes we find out, you know what I've been praying about, maybe is the wrong thing, and I need to change how I'm praying. We need to say prayers that are honest. Some of you probably have watched that, that show or that movie uh, that starred Chevy Chase, A Vacation. And they ended up taking Aunt Edna on the, on the trip with, with them. Aunt Edna was rude. She was obnoxious. She was cranky. She was bossy. She just made everybody miserable. Well, lo and behold, on the trip, she died in the car with them. And they thought, well, what do we do with her? So they took, took this dead... Aunt Edna to her son's house, and uh, he happened to be gone, and so they put her on the back porch, and, you know, Ellen said, well, you know, Clark, we need to say a prayer, so he starts some kind of a ritualistic prayer, and she looked at him like, really, you're going to pray like that? Well, he said, I'm not a priest or a rabbi. Why don't you pray? So she said, okay. She goes, and she got a very sincere voice, dear Lord, Aunt Edna was a sweet, sweet lady. And we loved her with all of our hearts. Well, none of it was true, right? But it's funny because it's so realistic. God already knows our hearts. He knows our thoughts. He knows our minds. And many of the prayers in the Bible are people that are brutally honest with God. You look at David. He prayed sometimes for the death of an enemy. You look at Job. Job prayed his heart out. He said, you know, surely in vain I've kept my heart pure. David said the same thing. Elijah, when he was running from, uh, you know, running for his life from Jezebel, he said, you know, Lord, I've, I'm discouraged here. I've tried to do my very best for you, and now my life's in jeopardy. I, I just pray that you just go ahead and kill me. I'm the only prophet left. Continue the conversation in prayer all day long. You don't have to walk and go into the presence of God. He's already there with you. 
Now think about that. That's a little frightening that God is with you wherever you're at, whether you're driving in the car, whether you're sitting at home, whether you're in a shower, whether you're out for a walk. And the things we do, the things we say, God is always there with you. I talked to our ministerial staff this week in preparation for this message, and I talked about prayer. I said, give me a, a, a grade from 1 to 10, your prayer life. And I liked what Rusty said, that he sets some alarms for specific times of the day when he prays for specific things or, or people or situations. And he said, too often we look for prayer moments when prayer needs to be continuous. That's why 1 Thessalonians 5.17 says it again, pray without ceasing. The key to praying effectively, James said the prayer of a righteous man is powerful and effective. That means that we have to ask with a clean heart, with pure motives. David said in Psalm 66, if I had cherished sin in my heart, the Lord would not have listened. You want your prayers to be answered? Then ask yourself, what's my motive? Am I asking with a pure heart? Have I cleansed all the, the, the sin, the bitterness, the, the pollution out of my life and my mind? And am I approaching the throne of God as a righteous person before God? You want your prayers to be answered? You have to ask yourself, what's my motive? And then he said, ask in faith. Jesus said, if you believe, you will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. Jesus also said, Mark 11, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. You see, there's a difference in believing that God can answer our prayers and that he will answer our prayers. Most all of us believe that God can answer our prayers, but sometimes we struggle to believe that he will answer our prayers. We need to approach the Lord with such confidence, knowing that he's going to answer our prayer. It might be yes, no, or Maybe, or let me think about it, as I sometimes tell my kids. But he's going to answer that prayer. That's the key to praying effectively. When we pray, it proves our faith. People of little or no faith don't bother praying because down deep they don't think it's going to do any good. Or they'll ask people of faith to pray because... They know or they've seen prayers be answered in their life. So they ask you to pray. Being faithful in prayer means that you persist and you keep on praying. If you're going to be that person whose prayers are powerful and effective, that means that you may have to persist sometimes for, for many months or maybe even many years as you keep praying, you keep taking that request to the Lord. You see... This world needs some prayer warriors. God needs some prayer warriors. You need some prayer warriors in your life. One of the most powerful prayers in the Bible is found in 1 Chronicles 4.10. It's the prayer of Jabez. And he said, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I would be free from pain. And God granted his request. 
Now, I don't know about you, but I want to receive the blessing of God. I don't believe that you can really be a blessing to others if you haven't first experienced the blessing of God yourself. I don't believe that you can share the joy of the Lord effectively if you don't have the joy of the Lord in your own heart. I don't believe that you can share the joy of the Lord or the love of the Lord if you don't have His love within your heart. See, God's calling us to be people of prayer. The most dangerous prayer in the Bible is when someone who walks away from the faith and we pray to Lord, whatever it takes to bring that person back. We're handing them over to you to do whatever it takes to bring them back. And let me tell you, that is a very, very dangerous prayer because God will do what it takes. Whether it's a, a, a tragedy, whether it's some chaos in their life, He has way better ways to motivate and bring people back to the cross than we do. Are you ready to be a prayer warrior for God? To pray for not just yourself, but to pray for others? Pray with me. Lord, as we have taken up this, um, this mantle of prayer, Father, it's so important that we become the people, the brothers and sisters of prayer that you've asked us to be. So Lord, as we give this time to you, Father, I, I know that sometimes we feel that maybe it doesn't do any good to pray because maybe we prayed and we prayed and we prayed and our prayers just are not being answered. Lord, I'm just going to lift those people up to you. You encourage their heart. You make yourself known to them. Encourage them that you do care and that you're going to listen and you're going to hear and you're going to answer that prayer. I pray, Lord, that we'll be the brothers and sisters that stay faithful in praying and not just tell somebody we're going to pray, but, Lord, we truly pray for them. In Jesus' name, amen. This morning we're going to have an opportunity to receive the Lord's Supper. And one of the things about receiving the Lord's Supper is that we have some moments to pray. And I believe that during these moments to pray, is not a time to peel out our prayer request for all the things that, that we need. There's a time and a place for that. But this time during this communion time is when we examine ourselves, as Apostle Paul said, that you partake in a worthy manner. And so this morning, pray specifically for yourself the relationship that you have with Jesus. Is there sin in my heart that I'm cherishing, that I'm, that I'm holding on to? Is there some bitterness that I haven't let go of? Am I holding a grudge against a brother or sister? This is a time for you to personally evaluate yourself. Say, Lord, I want to be that righteous person whose prayers are powerful and effective. And cleanse me from all this pollution the world has to offer. Lord, as we take this loaf and cup, which is your body and blood, Father, I pray that uh, each person examine their self and to partake in such a, a way that they are taken in a worthy manner. 
So, Lord, this is a time to clean our heart, to confess our sin, to make sure that our relationship with you is right and righteous. I pray this in these moments. I pray for those that are taking this loaf and cup at, at home, wherever they're at, that they are joining with this body of believers here. In Jesus' name, amen.